Hello, we are Becky and Gabby, your micropolitan matchmakers, coming at you every Thursday to help you find big love in your small town. Each week, we'll cover everything from dating advice, dating love stories, and horror stories, interviews with other dating experts, and much more, all from the lens of dating in a small to medium-sized micropolitan region. Hello, 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 everyone, and happy Thursday, hopefully your favorite day of the week, as your now new favorite podcast, The Micropolitan Matchmakers, is coming at you every Thursday, and as you hopefully also know by now, we start every episode with a heart take, the fun or insightful or um, even funny thing that you might need to know this week to be more successful in your dating life. So this is Gabby's week for a heart take, Gab. What you got? So um, Becky and I were chatting before this episode, and I have been talking a lot about the growth that I have been going through the last six weeks or so in my dating and my dating mindset and thinking in general, um, really catching myself at certain blockage points and um, thinking about what I really want out of dating and um, what that looks like for me. So um, one question that I want to pose really today to you listeners is what does a relationship mean to you? What do you want out of a relationship? What's the reason you don't want to be single anymore? And my dating coach, Jordana, who you can hear on a previous episode, has been really challenging me to take a deep dive into that question. When she first posed that question, why do you want to be in a relationship? I was like, well... I want to find somebody that I can share an intimate connection with one-on-one. And she was like, well, what's, what about your best friend? What about your family members who you're really close to? Don't you have a a special intimate relationship with each of them one-on-one? And I was like, yeah, you're right. I do. So what is that thing that separates that friendship or that family relationship with um, being in a committed exclusive relationship. Um, so I've been really diving deep into that question. And I think that answer for me is um, being in a committed exclusive relationship really allows me to grow in a certain part of my mind that isn't stimulated with other relationships. I've experienced a lot of self growth over the last six weeks as I've been seeing somebody and exploring uh, dating and what I want that to look like for me. And I just really challenge you to like dive deep into that question. Why do you want to be in a relationship? Because I think that it provides so much clarity as to why you are spending time with a certain person. Um, It provides clarity as to what type of person you're looking for. Um, maybe that person that you thought was always your type isn't actually your type once you identify the answer to that question. Why do you want to be in a relationship? So that's my little heart take for today, taking over a little bit of the coaching duties away from Becky's heart take. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so that's it. And um, I'm going to throw it over to Becky now because she has a really great idea. Well, I first feel like at this point in time, I should plug our YouTube channel because as Gabby is saying all of these things, I have some facial 
uh, expressions that are probably hilarious to people like you talking about dating someone for a couple weeks. I know I'm not, uh, I'm clued into this information, but it's still so exciting. And, and I'm also nodding and smiling and encouragement a ton because I love this question. I love um, the way that Jordana posed it to you, not just as a surface level question, but then to keep asking why, well, why? Well, why? Because there's there you get to a point where you hit something that's a lot more true than that initial why. Um, and the other thing that I would just say, um, you know, in addition to that, I, I I love it. I agree with it. And I think getting clear and I know I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast previously, and maybe there's a, a future like full episode to talk through this. Um, but getting clear on exactly what you want and your why to your point is so important because, you know, especially in a smaller, medium-sized town, there's, there's still a lot of opportunities out there. You can swipe a lot. You might see a lot of the same people, but the pool is maybe a little bit smaller and a little bit different than in a larger city. And your ideal match and mate, and I don't think there's one person out there for everyone. I think there are multiple people that can give us what we need, but that person might look a little different than what's in your head. And the important things are not really what they look like. It's how they make you feel. It's how they work with you to get to those areas you want to get to in terms of Gabby, like what you're just saying about how you want to grow in your life. Not everyone can, can fulfill that for you. And some of the people who can may not look like the person that you imagined in your brain because um, we get so focused on the physical and it's so easy on dating apps to categorize people and to put people in boxes and to say, nope, I don't want to worry about you if you are less than you know 5'11 or six foot or nope, I don't want to do this. And so you know, really thinking about dating from that mindset will help open up your parameters a little bit but then close them in other areas. It's, it's just so interesting. And so we're actually going to kind of get into this a little bit. Um, but I feel like I should plug this book that I was just telling Gabby about before we hopped on, um, especially aimed at women, but it's called Make Your Move. And it's by John Berger, Berger with an I, not a U, B-I-R-G-E-R. And it, it talks a lot about just like reframing who you are looking for. I maybe should have saved this for a, another heart take in a future episode, but it just related so well to what you're saying because it encourages um, women especially to literally make your move and to, to not get so tied into a dating profile app and what someone presents as, but like look at look at the whole person and don't be afraid to actually put yourself out there and not wait for someone to come to you. And and he really is in this particular book speaking to women who are seeking men. And I know a lot of our discussions right now are talking about that because Gabby and I both identify as um, women seeking men in our lives. But um, we're actually going to kind of like dig into this as the full episode. So I don't know, this was a very nice transition because today we want to talk about how to make your move, but we will, we will broaden the conversation a little bit to men and women, um, and folks searching for whether you're, you know, heterosexual, LGBTQ, whatever that looks like, how to approach people in an in-person environment. And so, um, I just got a little long winded Gabby. I feel like I should let you dive in and give your first kind of like tip or idea in terms of starting these conversations, um, and putting yourself out there off of the apps and into real life when you're in an environment where you see someone, you're kind of like, hey, 
that could be, it could be my person. It could be us. <laughs> well, um, that's really interesting that we, I, I haven't read the book, Make Your Move. Um, I really look forward to reading the book. I feel I have always been pretty forward when it comes to dating in terms of not being afraid of asking a man out, not being afraid of friending somebody on Facebook and sending them a message. I've always really been taken the reins, I feel, in my dating life. And that's been, um, I've been really lucky because I know a lot of my friends, especially female friends, um, and my male friends too, have a really difficult time with that. And I feel like I'm constantly trying to coach them through and like push them, uh, giving them the confidence to make that move. And I really feel like there's like nothing more empowering than like taking a stand and going up to somebody and telling that starting a conversation and it ending in a connection being made and a potential date. Um, so uh, one of the things that, you know, Becky and I have unique experience with this because we curate in-person uh, events for people who are looking to meet other singles in the capital region through our business capital heart connection. And I think that one of the things that has been the most impactful way of helping people interact in person has been um, really is is befriending people in that area, uh, connecting with somebody on a friend level, whether that be with somebody else who's at the event or with Becky and me, and really hyping that person up. I think like that first step really is like finding your space, owning your space at that event, at that venue, at that place, and feeling like you are part of that community and that you matter in that community. Well, and that's really nice. And so obviously Gabby's talking about some events that we do locally where we are in upstate New York that we hope to expand, you know, to other regions, um, especially like small and medium sized cities with the idea of being micropolitan. Um, but there are other opportunities too, for those listening beyond the capital region to go to a meetup group or similar things. And it, it is helpful as Gabby's saying to own your space when you go to an event um, even if you don't know anyone else there, taking that opportunity to go to something that's maybe focused on singles. Um, one of my people that I coach, he is a part of an active singles group locally. And it's very interesting because um, obviously you go into the events that they host knowing that everyone else there is single. So that gives you almost a little bit more of a confidence boost, knowing that like you're not going to approach someone who's like, no, I have a boyfriend. They're not going to be there if they have a significant other. And so that, that takes one, you know, takes a step back, lets you kind of breathe and know that you're in this event or space with other people who are looking for the same thing you are. And I think that's a huge confidence boost. And that's something Gabby and I try to create with Capital Heart Connection locally to where we are. Um, I think the other space or the other uh, piece of advice that I would give too is like, we all have a negative voice in our head. Maybe not all of us. I guess there are some people, I, I shouldn't be so sweepingly general, but a lot of us, um, especially when you're in the realm of dating and you're single, have a voice in your head that can dissuade you from making an approach. And one of the tips that I actually work with my coaches on is giving that voice a name or a personality that is separate from who you are, that you can tell that voice 
literally to shut up and whatever works for you. That might sound kind of corny, but when you have this voice in your head, that's playing constantly, you don't really think those things about yourself. Um, so many of us, and, and if you do, I, I think there's opportunities for coaching there. Call me. Um, but really I think a lot of us, we're so confident in other areas of our life, but something about dating makes us doubt so many areas of who we are and are we worthy enough to approach this person or that person. So really taking a minute to personify that negative voice, make it separate from who you are and tell her to get out of your head or him to get out of your head when you're in those situations as corny as it sounds, it can be really freeing when you separate that from who you like who who you identify as um, in that voice in your head. But um, Gabby, what I love about what you said is that you you haven't really had that problem. So what I want to jump to in terms of meeting people IRL in real life at events or even if you're just at a coffee shop is you know actual tangible you know what are some things you could say? What are some things you can do? Um, especially for the women out there listening, I think we so often put the onus on men. And this is something that's interesting about make your move is it encourages women to start making those moves. What are some things, Gabby, that you've done in your history where you've approached? Yeah. Ask people out? yeah. Fancy pickle. I can't give away all the secrets. All the tricks. That's for the book that you're going to write someday. Usually, well, it's interesting. So I will say that I've never really had a problem approaching men or asking men out on a first date. But I will say that usually it starts with that in-person connection on just a very basic friend level, obviously. And then what I will usually do is uh, find that person on social media and then ask them out via social media. So I don't want people to think that I'm just like going out there, just like spitting game. Like, what are you doing tomorrow night? <laughs> right. 7 PM. Let's be there. No, like it's not, it's not like that. I try, I try to feel it out and see if there's even a connection there. Like you could see someone that you're attracted to across the room and there might not be a connection. So, um, First thing, I don't think I've ever really just gone up to somebody one-on-one. It's always, I've found that I am most confident and most myself when I am in a group of people or have a friend and that other person has a friend. Um, I think that I feed, I'm able to feed off the energy of multiple people in a space. And I think that when I go up to somebody who might be with their friend, or maybe I'm with my friend and I'm bringing them along, I'm much more easily able to start a conversation when the attention isn't completely just on me. Um, And I think it's really amazing if people can do that. But I think that, uh, you know, bringing a friend to an event, to like one of our Capital Heart Connection events, or um, befriending somebody to kind of hang with and own space with, and then making that approach uh, makes things a lot easier because it allows for a group conversation and allows you to kind of see how that person connects with other people versus how they connect with you. Um, but I think it just, you know, I love the only time I've approached people was when it was activity based, you know, I'm not just like standing somewhere with a drink. Maybe there's a baseball game going on. Like maybe we're at, um, a group bowling session or we're like at a friend's birthday party or something something that we can really use as a conversation piece I think is really important and you know just being super casual and and chatty with somebody um can usually can sometimes lead to a life-changing circumstance 
I definitely agree. And I think, you know, a concept that I talk with my coaches a lot about is opening the door. And I think this is in particular for, again, women, and I know I'm launching into gender norms here and, and heteronormativity. Um, but when you think about the onus that we tend to put on men in these situations to be the aggressor or the person who reaches out, we're in a time now, which is, is really exciting on a lot of levels, but I think in wanting to be respectful of boundaries, there are a lot of men out there who maybe will hesitate to make a move or to be overly aggressive in situations um, where they might want to ask someone out. And, but I, as much as I'm, you know, talking specifically, and I think through like this make your move book that I was referencing, but this really does work on all levels is if there's someone you're interested in opening the door, if, if you can't quite get there to make the ask, make it clear, make it very, very clear, because a lot of people will question in their heads what something means. And I think being, being flirtatious now is so hard. Um, especially we, we have just spent like almost two years in a lockdown of varying degrees, not being around people. Um, but if you can find a way to be flirty, don't worry about being subtle. Honestly, I mean, if you're interested in someone, put it out there, open the door for them and see if they walk through and, and make it easy. And so that's, that's a big thing we talk about a lot is how interactions can be interpreted. And I think, um, Gabby, you and I were just talking about this before, where like, if you have a tendency to be a little, a little jokey in a situation and kind of make fun of, oh, like, do you want to ask me out? Or, um, that might be even like a little too blatant, but if you get too funny about something or too cutesy, always take a minute to step back and think through how the other person would interpret what you're saying. Mm. And if you're being jokey about something, they might think rightly so that you are joking. And what does that mean? So if they think you're joking, they're not going to ask you out. They're not going to make that next move because they think it's just a funny haha situation. You know, it's, it's a fine balance, but I think being, being a, taking a moment to be vulnerable, vulnerable to be a little bit more clear and intentional about the message you're trying to send. If you want someone to ask you out, make it clear that you want them to ask you out. Give them your number. It doesn't have to be scary. Um, if they don't want it or they don't act on it, a question I ask all the time to my clients is, wouldn't you rather know what's worse, doing the action and getting rejected or not knowing what the answer would be and ruminating on it? for days, weeks, who knows, give yourself, give them the opportunity to say yes or no. And really no one overthinks things that much. Like if you do it in a genuine and authentic way, no one's going to be making fun of you or talking about you. If they're not interested, they're going to move on pretty quickly. There's no reason to, to feel ashamed or not. They're either interested or they're not. And we also have to kind of take that, um, not take things quite as personally, which is hard. We're talking about a romantic long-term relationship that so many of us are looking for, but if they're not your person, they're not your person, but at least, you know, facts. I actually, that's an interesting point that you bring up because I've been thinking today specifically, um, about rejection and, um, date my dating failures, quote unquote, uh, things that didn't work out the way I really wanted them to. And looking back on thinking like, what blessings 
these things were in my life. Like it was miserable. I was heartbroken every single time. It was terrible. I felt disgusting and terrible, but what blessings they turned out to be because I really feel like they have prepared me for finding that right person and has released space in me to welcome that right person in. And um, even just something as simple as getting rejected for a first date or uh, that finding out that person that you're really into, like, isn't interested in getting to know you at all. Like it sucks, but just try to really spin that thought on the opposite end and just think about what a blessing it is for that space to now be open to someone or something that could be really life-changing and beautiful. You know, I love that. And I'll tangent for a minute because we really wanted to focus this episode on like getting the courage and excitement around approaching people that you don't know in real life and kind of like that initial reaction. But as you bring up rejection, like, you know, I'll share that about a year ago, I was broken up with by someone that it it really upset me in the moment. I thought we had um, a great connection. I thought there was a lot that was going right. But if I'm being honest and reflecting on it, I think I had picked up on some, maybe not even fully red flags, but some things that concerned me. It, it I think even unconsciously was tr- like uh, closing me off a little bit to this person. I'm sure he picked up on that. It wasn't, it wasn't the right thing. And being at the time 34, um, I had to even think through what that actually is. Being at the time 34, it was still in the midst of a pandemic. You, uh, I got broken up with and felt like, oh God, like there's no one left. Like, how am I going to meet someone? I'm so sick of the apps. Um, who, who is going to love me at this point and give me what I want in terms of what you were talking about earlier? Like a big part of the relationship I'm looking for is I want children at some point, but I don't want to just have children with just anyone. I want someone who will be a wonderful co-parent and who I can bring kids up with um, you know, with a sense of the world and, and similar values and experiences. And, um, so, so those are all those thoughts that in that instant, this breakup happens and you're feeling so unnerved about all of it. And it it really threw me for a while and it knocked my confidence down just as, you know, in an instant of meeting someone and getting rejected and that you don't know yet at a, at a bar or an event could do that to you too. But, what you said, Gabby, was so powerful. Like it all leads to a greater place. That was not my person. And that's okay. I wish him well. Um, he did me a favor. I think it would have, I think I would have realized some things eventually anyway. And he gave me some time back that I had to find the person I'm seeing now that I'm so confident in and, and feel so good about. And um, those are, it's really hard to see in the moment, especially for those of us who were, were our single a little bit later. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends who got married in their late twenties and their families are beautiful and they're doing so well. And it makes you think twice and and feel like, you know, why hasn't I, why haven't I found this yet? Or why hasn't this worked out for me? But, um, trust that it, it all, you have to trust that it all leads to a good place, that it all leads to where you're supposed to be. And it's all going to help lead you to your person. And when I say your person, again, I, I hate the idea of like it only being one specific human on the planet that is your person. I really don't buy into that concept. I think there are lots of people that can fulfill your needs. It's just really a matter of finding one of them. Yeah, totally. I love that. And, um, I think, yeah, that's so, wow. 
I got goosebumps a little bit. <laughs> but really, I mean, just keep shooting your shot. You know? So it doesn't have to be that serious. You win some, you lose some. That's just life. I mean, I don't know. I just, I really, I really hope that this episode gives you a confidence to, to double, to second guess yourself when you're like, I might save myself some pain or rejection by not asking this person out. I really hope that we're able to push you and um, at least engage in some conver- friendly conversation with somebody that you might be interested in and kind of see how, see how it goes. Another thing too, is we always, you know, based on my own experience, crushes that I've had, people that I thought that I was going to be super into, I have these idolation, like, I I think this person is this person on this pedestal, I feel like I know everything about them just from the outside looking in, but you don't spend some time getting to know these people. And some of those crushes that you might have really might, it really might not work out anyway. So you might as well just shoot your shot and uh, actually, you know, get to know these people and see if it's something worth pursuing, whether they reject you or not. Uh, it definitely is better to know than to keep guessing. Well, and you know, I'll reference another best-selling book on that point in terms of putting people on a pedestal and just um, share, you know, an, an amazing classic children's title of everybody poops. <laughs> yeah everybody poops we yes. all put our hands on one leg at a time we're all human no one is better than you no one is better or worse we are all humans we are all dating we are all out there on the like you know especially when you're in an event and you know that everyone else there is single why why put people on a pedestal? And I, I don't question you directly at Gabby on that because I've done it myself plenty of times, but the reality is we're all humans. No one is better or worse than anyone else. And, you know, we're all in different situations and there's a lot of other life factors, but if you're looking at someone like they are so aspirational, we're all made of the same things. We all do the same things. And, you know, maybe, maybe one of those like little uh, tangible things we can give to you in this episode is to like, remember that they poop. And I know that's gross. (laughs) I'll mark explicit for this episode, but like, it's true. Picture them naked or on a, I mean that maybe that will fire you up a little bit. Um, They always say that with public speaking, but like picture them doing something so dumb or so human like human yeah so human all of us we all have had embarrassing moments we fall we trip on the sidewalk we puke like there's we all experience these things there's no reason to to put someone above yourself so that's like a big tangible piece of advice i have on that front and the other kind of more tangible piece of advice i would say too and and Gabby, I think this might be a fun little, like if there's any last minute things that you can think of as we wrap up the episode, but like you can make a really simple gesture. You can write your number on a napkin and give it to them. And if they use it, that's great. And if they don't, who cares? Like it's, you, then you know, you will never wonder if that person was your person because you will know you gave them the opportunity to be your person. You don't have to like make an elaborate ask. One other little piece of tangible advice that I have shared before is like, Gabby, I think your thoughts about being in a group setting is really great in terms of seeing how they interact with others and getting comfortable. But if you are going to 
maybe make an ask of someone, you don't want to put them on a stage. So if there's the opportunity to maybe pull someone aside as they're like going to or from the bathroom, or maybe you can go, if, if we're getting a round of drinks for a group of people, you can go together. That's something that I've done in the past is like accompany someone on that front to give them an opportunity to maybe ask you. And if that doesn't work, then you can ask them. But those are some things that I think like the group atmosphere, I think is awesome to catch the vibe. But if you want to kind of close the deal, trying to, um, without being creepy, <laughs> it could be, it works. Don't, don't pull someone in a bathroom stall or like force them to go with you. But if you can create a moment of intimacy between the two of you to either make the ask offer like, Oh, you know, and it could be just as easy. You know, you go to the bar with them to get uh, a round of drinks for the group. Oh, you, you, you should take my number. Like we just talked about this fun thing that we both are interested in doing. We want to go ax throwing and I don't have anyone else to do that with. Like, do you want to do that together sometime? Here's my number. You, it can be that easy. It can be that simple. Um, but I would suggest if you are in a group environment to make that actual, like kind of seal the deal ask to get them maybe not alone, but away from the group. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm so excited. I really hope that people are feeling a little bit more energized and their confidence is sky high right now because, you know, we're always open to, you know, if you want to role play with us a little bit and, you know, definitely send us a DM. We would love to connect with you. And, you know, Becky is coaching now and she's amazing. And we hope that we can start well, continue really boosting your confidence and get you to that place where you want to be mentally to be the best dater that you can be. Absolutely. And Gabby brings up a great point. Connect with us. So the other big thing we want to make a plug for is sharing your love stories or your bad date stories with us. We want to really start doing some authentic and fun um, listener stories at the end of our episodes, just as a little um, either a feel good moment or comic relief, or maybe both if we start getting, uh, you know, a ton of entries, but please share with us. So we're at um, math, micropolitan underscore matchmakers on Instagram. Um, our Gmail is micropolitanmatchmakers at gmail.com. We also just launched a YouTube channel. So if you really want to see our hilarious facial expressions as we are talking, um, or when we have guests on, if you want to get like a, a better sense of how the conversations look visually, we record all of our episodes on video and we're going to post them there as well um, as to our, our podcast channel. Um, but yeah, connect with us. We will role play. We will maybe even ask you to be a guest on the podcast. Um, but we are just having so much fun talking through all of this great stuff. Dating is Dating is fun. That is the biggest thing to remember is that dating is fun. You should treat it as fun. It doesn't have to be a job. And that's what we're here to help promote. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. And we will see you next week. We have some really cool guests all about safety and dating that are coming your way next week. So obviously um, you've already listened to the end of this one. Make sure you subscribe so that you'll get that one delivered straight to wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you next time. See you later, lovers.